What's up, guys? It's the Dry Heat Podcast presented by Cues and Hans. And this week, we're doing a special focus on the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. This is a NBA Finals preview pod. Let's get it. Let's go, baby. As always, brought to you by our unofficial official sponsor, Canadian Mist. And, uh, you know, Suns fans everywhere, man. Let's go, baby. Cues. I'm expecting the atmosphere here in Phoenix to be absolutely electric. It has been all playoffs long. Honestly, all season it's been hype, but especially these playoffs, they've come out in droves, coincided almost perfectly with the, some of those COVID restrictions ending, and it's just been a one giant party basically for the last month and a half. I think it's going to be crazy downtown, pretty much anywhere out in Phoenix. I think it's going to be wild. That's awesome, dude. I wish I was there. I'm very jealous, man. I mean, we're in the freaking NBA Finals, dude. Let's go. It's been 20 years since we've been in a championship game. Like, let's do it. Well, yeah, like you said on the last one, none of us were alive for it. Dude, I mean, well, even like, you know, no, well, 01, I was thinking like D-backs. I was thinking like Arizona sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Fair. you know, being in like the title game, you know, 01 World Series was the last time. And, I mean, even then, it's like, you know, I was, what, six. I would think I was six. Well, we, we had the 08 <laughs> Super Bowl. That's right. That's right, dude. Okay, so not as far. Oh, wait, <laughs> dude, yeah. Damn. Okay, 08 Super Bowl. Oh, we've had some success. Let's go, boy. I almost forgot about that. Damn. I. It's just because it hurts so much when I think about it, actually, when you put it that way. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I Damn. worked out one, one foot in. fucking had that. Larry Fitz's catch was unbelievable. Yeah, Fitz's catch was unbelievable. Only one foot inbounds, but whatever. We're not bitter. Facts. Facts, dude. Yeah, but speaking about Larry Fitz, him potentially getting his first title as part owner of the NBA Suns, baby. How do you want to start this off? Dude, I mean, I know Larry Fitz is going to be there. He's been there for pretty much every game. He's dude, a, Lil Wayne's going to be there, bro. Him and Do you know him and CB3 are like best friends? I I didn't until I saw him come out to celebrate Game Six victory in LA. I was like, "What the hell is that? His mom? Oh no, it's Lil Wayne." Yeah, dude, it's legendary. Like, so apparently, like when he was in New Orleans, like coming up with the, um, I guess where they they were still the Hornets. That was like when Lil Wayne was dropping Fuego, dude. That's like no ceilings mixtape era, and damn, dude, like a tight. That's such a cool flex of a friend to have. Like, Chris oh yeah, let me bring Lil Wayne, dude. Chris Paul has <laughs> range. I mean, he like he hugs Lil Wayne, and then he goes over and was that Billy Crystal that he's dapping up? It's like, dude, yeah, wow, bro, wow. Yeah, Chris Paul basically goes from uh, you know State Farm ads, wholesome family stuff, to just rocking out with Lil Wayne at after parties. So, stud, literally such a stud. It's insane. But yeah, hopefully Larry Fitz can uh can get a championship as part owner the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Hopefully he can also get one on his own with the Cardinals. But I'm sure hit all his focus right now has got to be on rallying the Valley. So I wanna I wanna throw it to you, Q's, to kind of start this off. Just overall thoughts about this matchup because when we talked last time, we did not know yet who our opponent was going to be because we're so good that we win way faster than everybody else. Okay, um, so listen, I think that one thing that is kind of interesting about the Bucks is 
Like, I feel like the I respect the Bucks, if that makes sense. Like, I don't hate them. I don't dislike them. I actually kind of like their story, you know, from being in Chicago for a year or so. Like, I actually went to a Bucks bulls game, and it was kind of cool. And, like, I had some buddies that were Bucks fans, so, like, I've been talking shit to them a little bit. But overall, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of, like, goodwill towards each other. Like, similar reminds me similar to, like, the Nuggets series. Again, granted, like we said last time, it's like if Jokic pushes our guy, it's like, all right, dude, like, gloves off, dude. Like, I don't know who you think you are, bro. I don't know who you think you are. But I think that was kind of my initial reaction was like, wow, good for the Bucks. You know, finally, you know, they'll probably keep you honest now long term, which I just think is good for the NBA overall. And then also my other thought was, wow, the NBA refs literally did the Hawks in. Like, they did not want Trey Young there. And, like, the ref, like, you know, did he do it on purpose? I don't know. But when you slide your foot underneath Trey Young as he shoots a three-pointer, you know, that's kind of suspect, dude. So, and obviously Trey Young was the key to the Hawks' entire title hopes. Very much Steve Nash-esque. Like, one player is basically the entire team. And so... That was the other thing that came up is um, people say that the Suns have had a fortunate run to the finals. The Bucks had the Miami Heat in the first round, which they swept. But while they were in the finals last year, they've lost a lot of good pieces. They had some injuries. And arguably the team that – the single player that helped defeat the Bucks for the Heat during the bubble, Jay Crowder – a.k.a. Nightmare Fuel for the Bucks, Unbelievable story. We'll get into that in a second of how he basically single-handedly dominated the Bucks, Bucks and Giannis. And then the Bucks play the Nets. And, you know, KD is KD. Like, don't get me wrong. But when Kyrie and James Harden go down, it's like it very much is who else is leaving on that team. And I think that they're literally like an inch away from KD sealing that game in game seven in Brooklyn and instead they bucks pull it out and then also and then the Trey Young stuff it's like you know it's a combination of wow like well and plus it's the east and so it's like a combo of like wow like the bucks are like going to be a tough opponent because they've come down to like literally the brink of elimination a few times um you know with the honest injury in the Hawks series and then that Net series, but at the same time, it's like I don't know, man. They talk about the Suns having a cakewalk. I don't know if the Bucks isn't an easier path. So, yeah, I agree with you there. I think anyone coming out of the East, there's a bit of a question mark. There's obviously some very good teams in the East, and it's not like they can't win a championship. Um, but yeah, you mentioned some some fortunate favors their way. Um, I for a while I was pretty pissed off when you'd go online and you'd see all the stuff about the Suns championship run doesn't count this and that blah blah blah, and then something helped me sleep at night and that's I realized that you only get people trolling and commenting stuff like this when you're achieving success. So that means the Suns are doing something right. They're in the finals. They're playing the teams that are in front of them. They don't get to control who they get to play against. Um, so I think that yeah, both teams have had. 
you know, fortunate circumstances happen to him, but both have had unfortunate circumstances happen to him. We had Chris Paul out in that Lakers series. That The only reason we went down in that series at all was because he was out those two games. Uh, I mean, he played, but he was basically useless with that right shoulder that he couldn't even throw a pass or shoot a shot. Then he gets COVID in the Western Conference Finals and misses a couple of games. He comes back kind of looking sluggish. So it's not like it's been, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, don't forget about the campaign rolled ankle, Kim Johnson being sick, um, Booker's broken nose, you know, Pat shenanigans. I mean, the Nuggets, like, obviously we whooped them, but they were no joke. Like, they beat the Blazers, who were a fully healthy team, and – we just beat the shit out of them. No, I agree. So that I, th- I think both teams have had fortunate things, unfortunate things. Um, with the Bucks, we'll get into a little bit with the Giannis situation. Um, and then another thought I had just kind of overall, well, two more thoughts. One, I think that this is good for basketball overall, the fact that there's some new bloods in there and it's not the same story every time over and over again because I think that really does – draw away from the actual play of it. You know, when you're seeing, you know, I love Steph Curry, but when you're seeing Steph Curry or LeBron James or, you know, whoever else is always supposed to be there, it does get old after a while. Um, even though they are great players and they're fun, fun to watch in their own right. It's nice to have someone new in there. And at the same time, I'm sure the NBA is just absolutely heated that there's not some LA style market team in there. And it's two of the, uh, Smaller markets, although Phoenix is huge, so I don't know how small of a market it really is. I think it just the NBA well, overlooks the potential there. So, uh, I mean, popular. So the thing with Arizona and Phoenix is that it's while like being a large population center, it's a small media center. Yeah. So yeah. like for being the fifth largest population, it's the tenth largest media center. Uh. But no, I think that's a good point. Also, like I will say, there's been a couple infographics being passed around on social media about all the injuries on the way to people's title runs in the last ten years, and I found that like actually hilarious. Because um, like while for sure injuries have been a big part of the season, you know, Suns and Bucks obviously are both dealing with them. You know, with Giannis. Um, but you look at like Kawhi's finals run, KD and Clay Thompson and Draymond. And then you think about LeBron with the Cavs. It's uh, Kyrie and K-Love go down for the Warriors' first title. And then on the other side, it's uh, Draymond Green suspension. And then uh, Andrew Bogut injury for LeBron's solo title. Then you even go back to, um, you know, it just – you know, it's just funny, like how a lot, a lot of time, a lot of these NBA titles really do come down to who's healthy and playing well at the end here. Yeah, and that's actually a good transition that you bring that up there. So I'm sure you've been following along as most people have, but Giannis, he hyperextended his knee in the Eastern Conference Finals. There was no structural damage. There was like some concern if it was going to be ACL, MCL, whatever. No structural damage. So it's basically limited to his range of motion and pain tolerance at this point. He's been listed as doubtful up until this afternoon. He got upgraded to questionable slash game time decision. And he has been seen practicing on the court without a brace on. So I got a couple questions stemming from that um, that I think we should both kind of touch on. Okay. Um, well, let me just say this. I think he – there was a report that said he would have played game seven if there was a game seven versus the Hawks. So I think he plays. Yeah. That, well, that was going to be my first question. So 
do you think he's going to play game one or do you think they're going to let him rest game one, see how game one goes and then go from there? Okay. Well, that's an excellent question. I think it all depends on uh, up to Giannis and why I, one of recent reports I've seen like within the last like, you know, half hour or so say it's more like a game time decision. I don't think it matters if you're a Bucks, if you're the Bucks. Like, I don't think you expect to win game one. So if you want to give Giannis a few extra days and kind of see what the Suns are doing and then have him come out for game two, like I think that's just as valid. But I, do I think he could play game one? And would I play game one if I was Giannis? Yeah. Yeah, no, I could I could definitely see that. Um, the thing is, like, he's such an athletic-type player. He's not a Kevin Durant sharpshooter. He's not a pull-up from three and splash-in-your-face Steph Curry type player. He relies a lot on his ability to just steamroll around people and use his freak body to get, you know, within five feet of the basket. So if he does play, uh, again, we don't know how much pain he's in right now, if he's fully ready to go, and this is just all smoke and mirrors trying to throw us off. But I wonder how effective he'll be if he's not at his – maximum ability athletically yeah i mean a guy who's shooting in the playoffs 18 percent from three 50 percent from the free throw line and like you said like all his damage is done in the paint and when you talk about a hyper extended knee it's definitely it's not forward and backwards motion it's the side to side that like gets you which when you're cutting to the basket or like trying to get around someone like the size of deandre ayton who low-key DeAndre Ayton actually owns Giannis in his career. Um, well, kind of. But plays him better than most, I should say. Uh, I I don't really care if Giannis plays or not. I actually think, like, if you're the Bucks, that's kind of why I would think about sitting him game one, just to see how everything flows. And if you really, really need him, then play him. Um but I just – yeah, man. Uh, his whole game is based off side-to-side movement, and that's where the hyperextended knee comes in. And like you said, it's all pain tolerance. I do think, you know, having a big body like that, just cutting and running and even playmaking, you know, because you still got to respect Giannis no matter what, healthy or not. Like, the man can still put up, you know he – can, he can make a bucket if he wants to, for sure. But I just – if you're the Suns, I just play, – game planning or anything like that, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think if you do see him out there, you got to do what we did a great job of against Anthony Davis in game six when he tried to come back real quick. I think you go at him. You try to expose that weakness if it's there um, and kind of push him to his limits, especially well, in the sure. defense. So I would like to see that. I think. No, I think, I think that's a great point, actually. I think on the defensive end, you would just drive right at him which yeah. actually, will, as we'll talk about in a second here, like the Bucks' defense is actually very very oriented towards like a drop defense, like similar to the Utah Jazz and Rudy Gobert. And uh, the way Giannis plays in that is actually very interesting. But you would just – you would have D.A. just go after him. And then on the flip side, you would just have D.A. go after him. Or Jay Crowder, who actually was the – the Miami Heat last year, when they totally dominated Giannis and the Bucks, they had a combination of Jay Crowder and Bam Adebayo guarding Giannis. Um, Jay would 
take him when he was out on the perimeter and like in the mid range, and then he would slip onto Bam almost like like a combination like where Bam was almost playing zone, and Jay Crowder would guard him. And so I, I see the Suns doing something like that, uh, just kind of in general to cover him, both Giannis and Chris Middleton. Um, also taking away the Drew Holiday effect. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of played almost like a zone with DA where he's just low around the baseline. Um, obviously, Brooke Lopez gets a lot of minutes there, but, you know, uh, that's kind of what I see. Specifically also because the Bucks are shooting 31% from three these playoffs which is so bad like unbelievably bad <laughs> it's it's just kind of like you almost would rather them be shooting threes or be going after Giannis because he's not 100% which is crazy but like they just won't make the shots obviously that could change this series but I just doubt it because the Suns are I mean easily the best perimeter defense they've going up against this playoffs yeah, I think the defense definitely favors us in either regard, whether we force them to shoot threes. And even if they try to come inside the paint, I think we do a great job rim protecting there. So uh, let's go for it. This is actually a, a good segue into Andrew's question real quick, if you want to hit that up, because he talks about the uh, effect or implication of whether Giannis is or isn't in there and what to do about their number two player, Chris Middleton. All right, Dry Heaters, question three today. Uh, I'll give it a rest after this one, unless something pops into my head. But Chris Middleton on the Bucks, really solid player. He, uh, you know, he led the charge, got them their last two dubs without Giannis. Um, what is going to be our answer on him? Is he somebody that we can put, you know, Tory Craig on, or is that not a good matchup because Middleton's kind of a He's kind of a shifty guard, I guess, with bigger size. Uh, what's going to be the answer there? Or do we not have to worry about that? Do we just need to focus on controlling the pace and getting buckets? See it. Uh, yeah, that's a great question, Andrew. I think a lot of that depends on if Giannis does or doesn't play. Because if Giannis doesn't play, as we saw from that Hawks series, the offense runs through Chris Middleton. There's other guys that stepped up for them, like Brooke Lopez and even Portis played pretty well. But um, I think Chris Middleton is a streaky shooter where we saw those games where he went for, you know, 40-something points and scored 25 of them in the fourth quarter, hitting five threes or something crazy like that. So he has the ability to get hot. And when he does that, he can sink teams if they're within range or he can put them out of range if they're ahead of you. So I don't think you can entirely ignore him defensively. I think you do have to worry if he starts getting hot, maybe switch things up if he's putting some work on some of the wings or guards. But I also think that our defensive wings are good enough as they are to stay with him. So I think that it's not going to be an issue in terms of Middleton exposing any one player. And I think you kind of just got to feel out how it's going at the time. Torrey Craig's an excellent defender. So if you feel like Middleton's getting hot and he's the answer, because whoever you have on him is not working right now, go for it. But I really think that our defense as a whole is good enough to contain Middleton and the team. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point you made there. I, I think Mikhail Bridges is going to start on uh, Chris Middleton. Um, I see us lining up defensively as 
uh, the Warden on Chris Middleton, Jay Crowder on Giannis. If Giannis does play, just let's just do full health. I think it only changes slightly different. Um, if he's not playing, obviously Brooks Lopez, Lopez DeAndre Ayton, uh, Brooklyn. Brooke is definitely popping, you know, a guy who just had a 30 point game recently, you know, he definitely has some advantages there to just a totally different big man. The DA has gone against all year or even these playoffs, you know, and talk about the, the gauntlet of big men he's gone against. You got Anthony Davis, you got Andre Jomond, uh, you got Jokic, you got, um, Zubach, I guess, and then also all the switching that the Clippers did. Um, you know, Aiton's going to get a totally different test with Brooklyn there, um, or Brooke there. And then I see uh, I see uh, Bro- probably Book guarding Drew Holiday, simply because, you know, Book's up to task. And then I see uh, CP3 being buried on someone like either P.J. Tuckett, Tucker or Pat Connaughton, depending who's out there for the Bucks simply because PJ Tucker, as we know as Suns fans, outside of defense, literally just chills in his corner for waiting for <laughs> the ball to be tossed to him. Like absolutely, uh, former uh, or Eddie Johnson once said, I, I picked that from a part. Is uh, PJ Tucker just sits there on his couch waiting for the ball to come to him, and then he just shoots the three. Who he hasn't? He actually hasn't even been shooting threes well. Um, but long story short, Chris Middleton. Um, I question you, Alec. Is Chris Middleton as good as Paul George? No. Is Chris Middleton coming to rent? No. Is Chris or Chris Middleton LeBron James? No. Is Chris Middleton? Well, I guess Jokic doesn't really count because um, you know they play just so much differently. You know, Middleton being more of a three wing guy and so i guess my point was saying that is simply you know when you look at the hawks or like what the nets were putting out there with all the injuries which allowed milton to go off like the hawks just don't have defense they just don't have a defense like they they score and play similarly the suns do on offense but they're not remotely the same defensively like similar to the blazers our comparison like the blazers for the nugget series like they just play awful like they're just not good and, you know, hence why they need to score 130 points with Trey Young scoring 40 points to win a game. Um, and so, uh, Mikhail Bridges will definitely start. I see Torrey Craig and his cash considerations that the Bucks are holding. I definitely see that as a tough matchup. You know, cash <laughs> considerations are always very tough, you know, this late in the season. Um, and then you got a guy like, it'll be interesting to see if Super Dario gets minutes. I hope he does not. Personally, I see Frank the Tank staying on the bench the entire series. And then Cam Johnson, um, you know, it would be interesting to see how he matches up. Because obviously, Mikhail and Cam Johnson are kind of like the smaller wing defenders, like quote-unquote. But Chris Middleton's really not like that big, I should say. So, like, he's more like the KD prototype versus like the LeBron James prototype, which is like, so you got Jay Crowder, Torrey Craig would be like the Giannis guard like the defense for Giannis. And then you would have Cam Johnson, McHale on Chris Middleton. And I just don't see that as a problem. Like, no. yeah, I, agree I, just, I think the biggest thing with Chris Middleton just going off is like, if he does go off, it's similar to playoff P going off. And it's like, okay, like 
This guy just went 10 for 20 or like 14 for 20. But I think one big difference in this series and between the a team like the Clippers and the Bucks is like who else is there? Because even if playoff P scores 40 points, like similar to the Nuggets, it's like even if Jokic is scoring 40 with a triple-double, it's like who else is going to pick up the slack? And Because you got to score probably 110 to win versus the Suns. Right? Yeah, yeah, probably about right, yeah. And so my question to you is who do you see helping out? Because if, if Giannis – or I guess – yeah, how do you see that playing out? Because Chris Middleton, I'm just not worried about, I guess, which could be underestimating him to a degree. But also, I just think our defense is so much better than anything that he's seen personally. I think it's going to be a much tougher time for him to adjust than it will be for us to adjust. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. I think it's a question of where do the other points come from, even if one of them or both of them go off. Um, again, you got to question how healthy Giannis is, if he's going to be his usual go-for-40 type player. But even then, I think that this series still favors us. I think that if you look at it overall, we are the better team. Milwaukee's not a bad team. They're a very good team, obviously, by how they got to the finals. But I think we are the better team overall. And I'm, I bet you would agree with me here. Um, but I'll, you know, I'm not going to speak for you. I think that this series is not a question of which team is better. It's will the Suns show up? If the Suns play their style of game, they are the superior team. They will win the series no problem. The only chance Milwaukee has to win the series is if something goes wrong with the way the Suns play, if our offense doesn't click, if we're not playing our style. So that's why I think, you know, you can't call this a for sure win by any means. It's the NBA Finals. Anything can happen. We could lose this series, and that would be devastating. But I think that if both teams play as well as they possibly can head-to-head against each other, I think the Suns still win that. Uh, yeah. I definitely agree. I think I think uh, kind of going back to like some big uh, keys for the Bucks as far as scoring ability is Drew Holiday, who has been having a horrid playoffs. If he doesn't show up, or if he plays like he's been doing this whole playoffs, I think that's really problematic for the Bucks. I think, and like we were just talking about with Chris Middleton, like he's so hit or miss, similar to playoff P. Like even if he's having a great game, it's like where else is he coming from? I think that this is much more comparable to the Nuggets coming off a Blazers series win to me than, you know, the Clippers beating the Jazz or, you know, the Lakers coming off the Golden State Warriors. Like, I almost would rank, I don't know, I don't want to disrespect the Bucks because they are the East champions, but I definitely see the Clippers as a tougher matchup. And then I even see those Lakers in those first four games where AD was fully healthy. Um, you know, where even game four, we had that game in control and we were going to be up. It was going to be two, two before he goes down. I see those four games and that entire Clippers series is more difficult. Uh, this pod has been notoriously good at picking series so far. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Yeah, I know. So what I think I want from you, uh, is I want your prediction for how game one is going to go since that's tonight. Focus on game one. What do you expect to see and the result? And then I want your overall prediction for the series. I think I think my X factors for the Suns. Let me do that way. Yeah, my do X that. Factor, 
my X factors for the Suns and the Bucks in this series are one DeAndre Ayton and will he average a double? Will he average twenty and twenty or close to that, or will he be in foul trouble the whole series? I lean towards him being more towards the twenty and twenty. Two, will Booker be able to keep Drew Holiday on him, which will free up CP three? Um, because I think that if Booker is going for like 30 a game, I think that forces PJ Tucker off of him and whoever else they have off of him and drew have to put drew holiday on it. Who's a big physical, like defensive guard. Who's like actually a big time defender. He's really good. And I think that is a key right there for the Suns, and also low key cam Johnson did um, his off the bench minutes. And then also, ah, man, I guess I'm running on here. So there's four. And then <laughs> campaign, dude. This is a big series. This could be a massive series for campaign. Simply because everyone on the Milwaukee bench is either a big guy or a wing defender. Because Dante DiVincenzo is out. And all they have is Jeff Teague as a guard. And Jeff Teague is one of the worst defenders I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> And so campaign could be having a massive, massive series. And then on the flip side, and so and so from that, on the flip side, Brooke Lopez playing big for the Bucks. Um, and if Drew Holiday, and then if the Bucks could hit threes, I guess those are the X, X factors for the Bucks. Uh, do you do you see that similarly? Before we get into predictions, yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I think it is one benefit for us is that we have more X factors than the Bucks. So, like you said, those are all big things, but they don't all necessarily have to hit at the same time for us to win, which I think is a huge advantage that we've had all playoffs. But yeah, I agree with you 100% on those. And I think, like we referenced earlier, if they play their games, I think this favors the Suns. Well, then also, real, real quick, um, uh, when I say the Bucks defense, and especially if even if Giannis is there, they play a drop defense. One thing I've heard all week, I just want to get your reaction to this, is that the Bucks would rather have us shoot mid-range than drive to the hoop or hit threes. <laughs> I mean, I, in theory, I understand that notion. Like, you don't want someone getting wide-open dunks and layups, and you obviously don't want people splashing threes. But I think you couldn't have picked a worse team to try that out on or try to model your defense on because this is the best mid-range shooting team specifically with Book and CP3 in the entire league. So good luck with that. Yeah, that was my that, my initial reaction was, okay, Suns and four, man. <laughs> <laughs> because literally, like, that's all – Book and CP3 are literally the two best mid-range shooters in the game right now. And it's like not like – not, especially even in the playoffs – and so I think what the Bucks do defensively will have to switch over time. And it, even if they go to a switch defense, which is what the Clippers did to cause problems for the Suns, um, one, Brooke Lopez can't do that. Like, he's just too old. They'll get gassed, and they don't have enough guys. And so those two things alone I just thought were super interesting. And so I guess just predicting it, I see, um, you know, game one, Suns. I see it kind of being a rude awakening for the Bucks. And then game two, I see a little bit closer, but Suns. And then game three, I think if they go home, 
you know, and Giannis is recuperated. Game three goes to the Bucks, like similar to what we saw in the Clippers series. Um, game four, I see goes Suns again, similar to the Clippers series. And I think the biggest difference between this series and the Clippers series is that there's no other game after. Like there's no one else to play. The only thing left to do is raise the Larry O'Brien trophy. And so I think it's closed out game five at home. The Suns just have too much firepower. And so Suns and five, man. I see I see it, you know, last in two weeks. Um and I see us midsummer, you know, parading. I hate to uh sound like I'm just following you, but I, I couldn't agree more. I think yes, game one is important. Uh you can't assume you get anything, but I really see the Suns coming out on fire in game one setting the tone for the series. I think game two, like you said, is going to be more competitive with the Suns still winning. Game threes are always hard. We got that one in Denver against them, even though Jokic had the trophy presentation, but that was just a, a much weaker team. So I do agree with you. I think the Bucks take that one, 2-1 after three. I think we win a tough game four in Milwaukee. And then coming back to Phoenix for game five, I don't think we'll make the same mistake that we made against the Clippers where our team kind of just – assumed if they showed up, that was all they needed to do. And you saw that, right? Because then game six, they're like, okay, this is what we should have done all along. Just blow them out of the water. So I, I don't think we'll make that same mistake again. And I think we come back and finally win a series at home in game five because we have not won a series at home the entire playoffs. The more and more I look at it, the more and more confident I am. I guess if the Bucks start hitting threes like they did in the playoffs or in this regular season, that could be problematic, but I just don't see that as happening now that they're actually playing a tough defensive team. And I see kind of a, a series more like the Nuggets than I do like the Clippers or the Lakers. So I guess we repeated some stuff, but. Oh yeah. I, I agree with you. Suns and five. Uh, I got a couple things. So for the, uh, for you Q's and for the listeners at home, couple, uh, Things I have one word of advice and then one question. So I have my advice is this. We're in the finals. We all think we're going to win it, but so does pretty much every team that gets to the finals with the exception of a couple that just know that they're not supposed to be there. But we should enjoy it. Whatever happens, it'll be disappointing if we don't win. But just think of where we started and where we are now and how quickly that happened for us. So I just want everyone to enjoy this ride because the finals don't come very often they don't come all the time so enjoy yeah, the final i i'm gonna echo that I, I actually love that point because i do think you know while i i hate that people are crediting all the injuries with how much we're destroying these teams i do think we've had a, like a semi-advantageous run as we pointed out like every run has a mix of like your team's better and also a mix of injuries so i just think like when your time comes up like you have to take advantage yeah, no. So, like I said, like you said, let's enjoy it. This has been a great season. Let's cap it off the right way. Enjoy the whole ride. And then my question, anyone out there who is able to come up with something, make a list tonight, tomorrow, the next day, whenever you think of it, just make a list of negative things about Milwaukee and specifically the books that I can hold on to to hate them because I just don't hate this team right now. And I really feel like it benefits me when I hate the team I'm rooting against. So please do that for us. <laughs> I love that, dude. Also, real quick, I just found a guide to hitting the Bucks. Giannis is overrated, can't shoot. Middleton is overrated, spells Chris wrong. Drew is Bledsoe in disguise. PJ, 
I mean, PJ's a son, so it's all good. Brooke, basically three kids in a trench coat. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> Bobby Portis punched a teammate once. And he actually used to have this weird thing where he used to get amped up to play teams by think like visualizing like his defender or um, person he was defending slapping his mother, which is just so weird. <laughs> that is fucking weird. And then also Coach Bud, extreme dad afraid to ask for directions energy. <laughs> what a great guy. Uh, thank you for finding that. Keith. All right, I'll send it to you after this too. Yeah, please do. So, but yeah, baby, Suns and five, man. The Suns have the edge. We're better everywhere. It's silly. And even if Giannis is 100%, it's just lock it in, baby. Yep. Suns and five. Uh, game one's tonight. We'll get this out to you guys shortly so you can listen to it before the game starts. Hope everyone, I know everyone's going to be watching it somewhere. Cheer loud, cheer proud. Let's go. Dude, it's good to be an Arizona native right now, let me tell you. Oh, Let's yes, go. it is. Let's go, Suns! NBA Champs 2021. Let's get it. All right, Hugh. It's been a pleasure. Hope you guys appreciate this uh, pod preview and let us know what you think. Yeah, preach, boys. Also, we're working on the hats. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Peace. Later, bro.